Hello, everyone. Welcome to Just Jana, a podcast where each month I'll speak to a variety of industry leaders to bring you education, trends, and relevant topics in franchising. I'm your host, Jana Bailey, CEO of FranNet. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Just Jana. And I'm absolutely thrilled to have as my guest today, Lori Meyerson, the president of Pinnacle. Hi, Jana. Thank you so much for having myself and Pinnacle Franchise Development on your podcast. Uh, I have been in franchising for about 14 years, and it has been quite a journey. Um, I started out with a smoothie and uh, yogurt franchise. And, um, you know, I have to say that the majority of our success really uh, gathered around Franet. I mean, we had such great um, uh, tenure working with your group and growing our franchise. Um, after that, I started a company called LA Consulting, where we worked with a lot of emerging franchises, helping them with a strategy for growth throughout the U.S. and Canada. And shortly thereafter, founded um, Pinnacle Franchise Development in 2015. And uh, I'm loving what we're doing today and excited to be able to talk with you about that. It's been an exciting ride. I actually remember when you first started with FranNet uh, with the smoothie company. Um, I was thinking about that the other day, how far you've come in that period of time. It's amazing. Absolutely. How time flies. It really does. So if you would tell the group, the audience, a little bit about Pinnacle. And I guess one of the big things is explain the difference between Pinnacle and broker groups like FranNet? Sure. And I love that question. And I discussed this, Jana, I think uh, at least three to five times a day. So I think I'm pretty rehearsed here well and hope that I can help all of your listeners to really understand um, that question. So uh, I'll start with really the difference between uh, broker groups like a FranNet and development companies like Pinnacle Franchise Development. Um, When we are uh, speaking with businesses that either want to become a franchise or franchises that are ready for a strategy for growth, I think it really behooves them to be able to work with both companies, broker groups and perhaps a development group. The advantage to working with brokers in particular is that they are your lead generator. So if you're looking to acquire leads um, and they being a franchise brand uh, and you're looking for the right franchisee in your system, broker groups are wonderful because they're actually out there recruiting helping, assisting, mentoring, advising, guiding people that are looking for a business and perhaps a franchise. And what they do, the brokers, is they're working with these candidates to help educate them on franchising and to help them understand what a franchise disclosure document is. um, And really matching them to a couple brands that may be a good fit. When they find that 
uh, brand for their client or perhaps two or three brands, um, they're sending that person's name and contact information in to you, Mr. or Mrs. Franchisor. And at that point, you must take that lead over and handle it uh, delicately and so importantly, um, and really take them through your franchise process. And that's where Pinnacle comes in. Um, Pinnacle Franchise Development is an outsourced franchise sales company. So what we do, Jana, is we work synergetically with you and your brokers, um, and we take great care of the leads that your brokers send in on behalf of the franchise brand that may be working with Pinnacle. Um, and what does that mean? When Pinnacle works with a franchisor, we are creating all of the franchise sales materials. Uh, we create the drip email campaigns so that that client that is sent in to learn and do their due diligence on X brand um, is being touched in a, a timely fashion. And they're receiving information that really um, is pertinent to the due diligence process. So we build the collateral materials, we do marketing pieces, we create client presentations, we create broker interface presentations. And I'll tell you that working with broker groups, there really needs to be a strategy for how you're going to handle that client. And it needs to be first class. So Pinnacle Franchise Development builds that sales process. Um, on behalf of the franchisor, we are also working to stay in close contact with all of the brokers. We host uh, franchise presentations, spotlight showcases, morning coffee breaks, lunch webinars to really help educate uh, the broker groups on the said brand that we're representing. So not only are we building the sales process, creating the collateral materials, but we're actually networking and we're getting in front of the brokers and helping to educate them. Uh, once the lead comes in, Pinnacle is then handling the sales process from the moment that we get the lead. And my expectation is touch that lead within one to five minutes of it coming in. Say hello, welcome them. Make sure that they know that we're here to help them with their due diligence process. And from there, we're taking them through a timely um, manner to really learn uh, everything that they need to learn about the franchise opportunity from hello introductions to presentation calls to FDD review calls to executive calls to validation speaking with franchise owners, getting them in for a discovery day, and then assisting with getting their agreement signed and delivered. So uh, to sum that up, Jana, the broker groups are your lead generators, and they're sending quality leads that have been prepped, that have been educated, that have been qualified. And then from there, they are able, franchisors are able to work with companies like Pinnacle Franchise Development that are their outsourced franchise sales team should they choose to not have that position in-house. That's a great explanation, Lori. And I tell a lot of young franchisors, especially, um, having that outsourced sales company work with them can save them a tremendous amount of money because the idea of hiring a top-notch sales rep can be cost prohibitive. And 
yet they need somebody who understands how to work with broker groups and they need somebody who really understands how to have a buttoned up process and, you know, make sure things aren't getting lost along the way. So I I love what you do. And I think it is, we're seeing a lot of different sales organizations out there and the role they're playing in the industry is very important. All of you are contributing a great deal. Oh, thank you, Jana. We appreciate that. We take a lot of pride in what we do. Well, what are you seeing? Let's have some fun here. What kind of new and different concepts do you see entering the franchising space? You know, we kind of, during COVID, everything's been a little different. So what have you seen that's new or different or exciting that's popped up? Yeah, you know, that's a, it's an interesting question because I I can tell you that I certainly get contacted quite a a bit and very often by either Mm -hmm. brands that are looking to become a franchise or franchisors that want a strategy for growth and need some assistance. Um, And what's interesting is, is that we really see a combination of so many different industries, um, whether it's from kids concepts like a STEM program. Um, particularly right now, pet segments are very hot. You know, everybody has a pet, so people are excited about something that has to do with uh, animals. Um, we see still brands that are coming in the, in the education space. Um, obviously, fitness, I think, will always be around in some kind of capacity. Uh, right now, what I see, Jana, is home services are really hot. I mean, there's a lot of different uh, concepts that are either wanting to franchise we're already franchising as, and as a matter of fact, currently I'm working with um, three brands. One's a, a home uh, and bath remodeling concept. Um, another is a fencing concept and another is a painting concept. And each one of these are either looking to become a franchise or already are a franchise. And they have a strong business model from a corporate perspective. Um, and they're excited to, to get in and, and offer their business model to a lot of people out there that may want to be buying a, a solid uh, franchise opportunity. So, you know, we still see restaurants. I think restaurants will always be around. But interestingly yeah. enough, um, I have had a couple here recently coming in more in the children's segment, but changing it up just a little bit where uh, they're doing like more of like a tag play tag game or um, Mm. uh, an in-house park theme, but on a smaller scale. So I I think what we're going to see if I had a crystal ball to share, I certainly would, but hypothetically, I'll say, I think we're going to see that uh, the pet segment's going to continue to grow. Home service brands are going to continue to grow and anything to do with children's usually uh, uh, one that you want to keep your eye on. Yeah. You know, having the two um, pets in my life laying here at my feet now, and I think about, you know, the services that we look for on a regular basis. And when you're out of town and that is just such a big part of your life. And I, I can see why that continues to grow. So, What did the franchisors that you work with, what kind of experience have you all had through the COVID situation? Obviously, it looks like we're coming out on the other side, or at least it's getting much, much better. But Mm -hmm. what was impacted the most and what was impacted the least in terms of the brands that you deal with or have spoken with? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, boy, we have certainly had quite a, a bit of uh, conversations with regards to that topic, haven't we? Across the industry, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I can say in Pinnacle that some of the brands that had a little bit of a hardship were primarily my brick and mortar, the retail brands. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't think that it really had anything to do, Jana, with um their business model, because the business model works. So for example, you know, hair care, right? Mm -hmm. Hair care works. We all know that hair cares are are a great type of business opportunity in any community. We, most of us, I'll say, have hair and uh, most of us need it cut, right? So it's a solid business model and, uh, and it works. But during the pandemic, did they struggle? Yes, they did. And why? because it was hard to get relief from landlords on rent mm-hmm. when people weren't able to go and, and um, you know, be a customer and, and support the business. So I think that a lot of the uh, brick and mortars retail businesses suffered primarily because customers couldn't get in the door. Um, and they weren't getting relief from a lot of the landlords. And the franchisor had to really step up and figure out how to support their franchisees during this difficult time. Um, pull together, have town center or town hall meetings, you know, on a a weekly or biweekly basis, keeping their uh, morale up and really helping them stay focused to get out of the pandemic, which, as you mentioned, I think we're fingers crossed uh, that that were there. Um, The the concepts that we saw were able to really hang in there, Jana, um, I would say were the brands that were deemed an essential service. Um, or a need, right? So for example, I have one pet concept within Pinnacle that wasn't closed down. So even though they were a brick and mortar and a retail business, they were deemed an essential service in their community and they were able to continue to have their doors open and uh, and attend and, and take care of their customers and their furry babies. So um, you know, I think that it, it in when it came to the pandemic, you know, I think having the essential component uh, was was critical. Um, and I know that there were a lot of home-based, service-based concepts that were able to kind of hang in there too, because I was one of them. You know, people started yep. to work on their home, right? We were all refurbishing, mm-hmm. remodeling, and decide, deciding to make some changes. So I think if I had to sum it all up, um, you know, to get through a time that none of us ever really planned for. Um, it was finding in your brand, you know, what made oh. you uh, a need and an essential service. Right. right. And like you said, I mean, there was no way to plan for it. And even coming out, it's still, you know, a, a little bit difficult to be comfortable with how aggressive are you going to be in different areas. So, yeah. well, you know, one of the things, Lori, that I know you all run into, and I know we've got other partners in the industry that help us with this, but if a brand contacted you and they were considering franchising, maybe they had two or three company-owned stores now or locations, whatever it might be, what advice would you give that concept about considering franchising? Well, 
you know, and I, I actually have three calls today, Jana, with, uh, with new brands that are wanting to either become, a, I think one's wanting to become a franchise. The other two are franchises. One is a painting concept. The other is senior care. Um, and when I get on these calls with them, the first thing that I always love to do is really connect with them. Um, I, I want to be that, uh, that person that they can trust the person that they can feel like they have a friend in this huge industry, but that yet can be so small because we all do know each other um, and, and help guide them to make sure that they're making the right decision. And, you know, what does that criteria look like? You know, I always say, number one is what is your internal structure look like? Right. So sometimes mm -hmm. I get calls from founders or CEOs that are uh, excited to be franchising their brand, but they're kind of the one stop shop. Like mm -hmm. they are doing it all. They're doing every position that there is within under their umbrella and their organization. Um, and that that can be difficult because when you decide to commit to becoming a franchise, um, you know, we, the most important thing that I have said to them is build your internal team um, and make sure that you're focusing on your support, your systems, um, your processes in place, and most importantly, your operations and your unit economics. Without all of those, you can't really have growth, right? I mean, it, it, they kind of come hand in hand. So, uh, so I look for somebody that that wants to make sure that they're ready to franchise, uh, not somebody and I'll give an example, if you have a pizza concept, um, and you are the owner who's in there tossing the pizza every day, uh, it's probably not the right time to franchise. But if Correct. You, right, so if they have a, a franchise and a P or a pizza concept that they want to franchise, um, and they have somebody making the delicious pizza and handling opening and closing checklists, and they have the opportunity as the owner to put in the systems and the processes and devote the time to becoming a franchise, then it, it, it's perhaps time to have the discussion. Um, in addition to that, Jana, two more things I would add is one is I think they have to be willing to give up some control. Um, and that's not mm -hmm. always easy for franchises. Um, but in order to play in our game, you know, it, it takes a team, right? And there's no I in team. It, it's all of us. We work together. So they've got to be willing to give up a little control, take some advice and help let, allow us to help them um, become the franchise that they wanted to become. And then most importantly, uh, and sometimes the most difficult topic is they need to have uh, the, the funding, right? They, they need to be able to, um, and to really have the budget to go and build that franchise and or if they already have the franchise, you know, they need to have the budget to make sure that they have the proper FDD. They're working with a franchise attorney, that they have their operations manual and that they have everything that they need to either become that franchise or be the franchise that's ready for a strong attack and, uh, and market growth. Um, and in, I think you could probably touch on this, Jana, perhaps. Um, but, you know, I always like to say that in order to franchise a brand, you know, they're probably going to need a couple hundred thousand. 
uh, initially. And then if you want to engage with broker groups or perhaps an FSO, um, Pinnacle Franchise Development, you, you're going to need a good uh, another 100,000 or so uh, for the next year or two um, to grow the system. So, and, and I know that that's as many people probably listening to your podcast today, it, it's the chicken or the egg, right? It, it's right. sometimes hard for them to, they want, they, they're a franchise, they want to expand, but they don't have royalties coming in. So it's hard for them to put the, the money out and, and, uh, and, and the cost affiliated with growth. But, you know, I would say that's so very important. And I could pass that back to you, Jana, because I've heard you speak on this topic. Yeah. Um, for those of that know me that listen in, they know I was a banker for 18 years and commercial lending. And the number one reason businesses fail, whether it's a franchise concept or starting from scratch, is being undercapitalized. So for a franchisor, and we see this so much where they come to us and they think they're ready, you know, for a big explosion of growth. And they're so undercapitalized, they cannot support the kind of growth that can come to them from a broker or a sales development organization. So getting your resources lined up to be able to grow is absolutely critical. So I would always put that out there. And and you talked about the need for the infrastructure and the support team. Um, you can't do this. You can't have franchisees if you have, like you said, that one person trying to do everything. It just doesn't work. So um, you're spot on there, Lori. I agree with everything you said. And, you know, for those considering this or those of you that have already franchised, get your finances in order, get your house in order before you start trying to bring on people, because all you'll do is compound any problems you currently have. Yeah, absolutely agree, Gianna. Great advice. And, and, and I'll say to all the listeners that, that are out there, you know, Pinnacle Franchise Development can help you. You know, we and other and other, not just Pinnacle, but any other type of FSO that is uh, that, that has integrity in the industry can certainly be there for you. And that, that's what we like to do, even if you're not a Pinnacle client. You know, I have a lot of calls where I do help people um, make sure that they are set up for growth in the right mm-hmm. fashion. And there's other referral partners as well that do exactly that, that can help you make sure that you're ready to work with groups like a Franet or a Pinnacle. Correct. Correct. Well, Lori, last question. As we wrap up here, it's hard to believe we're at the back end of the first quarter of 2022. I'm just now getting used to saying 2022 and, you know, (laughs) it's already three months in. What is your outlook for the balance? Very optimistic, cautiously optimistic. Where would you say your outlook is? Well, I happen to be, Jana, a person that um, people say that my glass overfills and overflows. So I'm going to say that I am very optimistic. Um, I think that we all are um, very excited to come out of the pandemic. We're all very enthusiastic for what we have in the future. Um, you, I think that's uh, indicative of what we see on TV now when in the airports and people are traveling and they're taking vacations um, and, and we're enjoying being able to gather again and, and kind of get back to a normal life. So from my perspective, 
humbly and, and I say personally, but I'll also add professionally on the side of, of what we see within Pinnacle Franchise Development, uh, there are still quite a few uh, um, brands that are really uh, off and running even during the pandemic mm -hmm. and post the pandemic. And there's a lot of people that are looking to become franchisees of the right franchise concept and brand. Um, so I believe that any of the franchises out there that are really ready for growth, that have done their due diligence within becoming a franchise, who have set up their internal structures, their internal organization, and um, that have the budget there to be able to work with the right partners moving forward, um, I believe that they have a great opportunity for success and growth. Um, franchises have been around a long time. Franchising isn't going anywhere. Uh, it's just working with perhaps yep. uh, somebody like Infranet to for them to find the right franchise brand that's the right fit for them. I agree, Lori. We're really excited for the balance of 2022. We expect great things this year. So I want to thank you for being my guest today. And I want to thank all of our audience for tuning in for this episode of Just Jana. And I look forward to seeing you all in the virtual world at the next episode. Thank you very much, Lori. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Have a wonderful day.